Welcome to the North Dallas Suburban Alumni Chapter's Candid Conversations with the Candidates podcast. Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated is a 501c7 nonprofit organization. All candidates, Republicans, Democrats, or independents running for the Texas 24th Congressional District were invited to participate in our podcast series. The sorority is nonpartisan and does not endorse candidates. Tonight's conversation is with Ms. Jan McDowell, candidate for the Texas 24th Congressional District, and tonight's conversation will be led by Ms. Carla Collier, a member of the Social Action Committee. Carla? Thank you, Deborah, and good evening. NDSA is conducting this podcast to give voters in our community an informed choice of who they will vote for in their district and to encourage new voters to go vote in no, on November 8th. So Jan, Ms. McDowell, um, yes. we, will ho- we will hold a conversation and I will ask you a few questions. So the first question. Okay. The first question is, how was your experience, how has your experience shaped you for this role? Well, I have run for the District 24 seat in the past. So I have spent a few years now getting to know the people all across District 24. I've worked with them. I've listened to their issues and concerns uh, that that are important to the voters in the area. Uh, Personally, I have a degree in journalism public relations and then Uh, Later, I decided I really wanted to be a CPA, so I went back to school and took accounting and business classes to sit for the CPA exam. So I like to say I'm that kind of maybe outlier person who can both do numbers and communicate about things. I think sometimes that's a one or the other kind of skill set. Great. Um, You sound like you have excellent background. So the next question, since 2020, many people are leaving the profession of education. What do you think it will take to retain existing quality educators and recruit new educators? Um, you've heard of Aretha, Aretha Franklin. Respect, I think, is the biggest thing that's lacking in, in our educational system at this point. Uh, when teachers don't feel respected and appreciated in the classroom, they feel fearful for their physical safety, not appreciated. Uh, you know, it, it becomes really difficult, and, you know, and they've always been underpaid. So with everything else heaped on, I think it's, it's difficult to, you know, expect them to stay. So I think Beto and all the um, great candidates we have run, running to represent us in Austin uh, will be, you know, all over the idea of preserving free public schools and uh, combating the idea of vouchers and sending taxpayer money to religious-based schools. Uh, that's, that's not what the, the public wants. Okay. And to answer the second part, what do you think it will take to retain existing quality educators and recruit 
new ones? Okay, uh, I would say, you know, starting out, uh, more money is always helpful, I think, when you want to fill a job, a job opening. Uh, I think the people that are running for state offices have been talking about wanting to eliminate the STAR tests so that teachers can can teach rather than teaching to the test. Uh, the recent book bans have been issues. So, you know, again, I think I think the people at the state level have a lot more input on, on that and mm-hmm. will probably be more qualified to talk about specifics, but those are the kind of broad view things that I'm aware of. Okay, great. Um, the next question. Do you believe that gerrymandering is a problem that erodes democracy? If so, do you support establishment of a nonpartisan commission to take redistricting out of party politics? Yes and yes. And I can give you a perfect example of gerrymandering, which was done just egregiously in District 24. Part, maybe the most um, just flagrant example I can cite is my Republican opponent is Beth Van Dyne. Hmm. She was a former two-term mayor of Irving, and the old District 24 included about 70% of Irving in the district. So it seems like she had a big home court advantage with her town making up a big chunk of the district she ran in. However, When she won her seat in 2020, she lost in every single precinct in Irving. So when they came to redraw the district, they left her precinct in Irving in District 24 and pulled all the rest of Irving out of it and split it into a couple other districts. And that's that's just gerrymandering at its finest, Mm -hmm. I think, and uh, definitely undermines democracy. And yes, to an independent redistricting commission. Okay, and so uh, as a follow-up, what... What what would you, how would you handle something like that if you were to win this, this race? I would um, advocate for, an, you know, an independent redistricting commission, which would be handled by a nonpartisan body of some sort. Uh, there are some states who, who have that now. I think there are probably other uh, possible uh, models to follow as well. Uh, part of the problem is the fact that when the Voting Rights Act was gutted and it was the Pre-Clearance Act that was, was taken out, it used to be that states like Texas that had a history of discriminating against racial minorities, when they wanted to make a change to elections, uh, whether it's their early voting or the polling locations or the district lines or whatever it was, they had to get that pre-cleared through, I think it was the Justice Department in Washington, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that pre-clearance went away. And so now... We have a Republican control in both the Texas Senate and the Texas House and a Republican governor, so they cook up the maps however they want or any other kind of election changes, and it just slides right on through whatever they want. Mm -hmm. 
So that means no, no one is paying attention. Is that correct? Well, or the people who are paying attention don't have any clout, any, you know, authority um, to, to be able to, to do anything about the, you know, problems that they see. Okay. Okay. Next question. What role will you play in strengthening economic development in the 24th uh, district? Well, I think a lot of that will happen as a result of meeting and listening to constituents around the district, talking to small business owners uh, and big businesses, uh, city officials and chambers of commerce to figure out, you know, what types of programs they are pushing for and wanting from the federal government, uh, just in general economically, I would be all about having the economy work for everybody and having a tax code that's fair, you know, a level playing field where there are not big built-in advantages to the people who are already doing incredibly well. Uh, you know, and if we're going to have any advantages, they should go to the people who need some some help mm -hmm. boosting up. Mm -hmm. What sets you apart from your opponent, and why should the district elect you to represent them? Wow. Um, how long do you have? <laughs> uh, the, uh, the flyer that I uh, hand out to people, I just picked one up so I can read off of it. It's a comparison between me and my opponent, Beth Van Dyne. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm committed to legislation to strengthen and protect our democracy. She voted against certifying the 2020 presidential election right after the January 6th insurrection. And here just recently when the House passed an electoral count uh, bill to try to make sure that that doesn't happen again, she and all of her Republican colleagues, or most all of the Republicans, voted against that. So they haven't seen the errors of their ways. Mm -hmm. I am pro-choice. Uh, Beth Van Dyne is absolutely not pro-choice. She, you know, never met an abortion restriction she didn't like, I don't think. Mm -hmm. um, I am very appreciative of the bipartisan infrastructure bill that was passed. Uh, making big investments in projects around District 24 and around the country. She voted against that bill. And then a couple months ago, she was at some sort of a event, I think it was in Grapevine, a ribbon cutting on some new project and touting this great stuff that was coming. And somebody called her out and said, you know, Beth, you voted against this. So she was, you know, kind of caught out at that. Um I am very much in favor of taking the most drastic action we can to respond to the dangers of climate change. And she, there's a national environmental scorecard from the League of Conservation Voters. She scores 13% on that. Um, I'll be aiming to be up close to 100% on that scorecard. And I am a, a gun sense candidate as named by Moms Demand Action. And she, on the other hand, 
has a 92% favorable rating from the National Rifle Association. She votes against anything about guns, even even uh, strengthened background checks. Mm-hmm. She did not vote. She voted against. So those are some of the big things that distinguish us. Okay. Um and, and you pointed out some great, um, some informed information. Um, our last question, and we have less than four minutes. Um, what else would you like the constituents of District 24 to know about your candidacy? Well, my roots are in this area. I grew up in Richardson, and I attended the public schools there from third grade through my graduation from Richardson High School. And then I went off to Texas Tech. Uh, when my first daughter was born, we moved to Carrollton, and I've lived here in Carrollton ever since. My motivation in running for Congress is to give everyone the opportunity to thrive. I see two very different views of America one that we need to eliminate, and the other that we need to strive to build. The first is from the title of a book by Sarah Smarsh, Working Hard and Being Broke in the Richest Country on Earth. I find it unacceptable that for many Americans, that is indeed their reality. The other, much better view, is the acronym CAVU. That's what it says on a plaque that was hanging in the office of former President George H.W. Bush. It stands for Ceiling and Visibility Unlimited, mm-hmm. an aviation term that refers to good conditions for planes to take off and land. But the former president, who was an aviator himself in the U.S. Navy during World War II, said that he considered it a metaphor for life. It suggests unlimited opportunities, and the sky's the limit, ceiling and visibility unlimited. That is what I'll work toward when I'm in Congress. For people to have an opportunity to thrive, we must first ensure that our democracy is intact so each person can express their views with their vote. Our planet must be protected from climate change in order for our children and grandchildren to be secure in the decades to come. And our economy must be focused on what works the best for everyone, not only for those who are already doing very well. We all do better when we all do better. And that's a great concept. Um, And so this concludes our podcast. Thank you, Ms. McDowell, for this insightful conversation. Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated is a 501c7 nonprofit organization. All candidates, Republicans, Democrats, or Independents running for the 24th Congressional District were invited to participate in our podcast series. Please continue to follow the North Dallas Suburban Alumni Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated social media pages for the next broadcast of the Candid Conversations with the Candidates. This is Deborah Curry, Social Action Chair of the North Dallas Suburban Alumni Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, and good night.